0: Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. I've told you this a million times, buy and sell tickets and two taps on your phone, everything fully guaranteed. NBA fans, $30 off your first SeatGeek purchase on NBA tickets, a very popular league that is in motion right now. Use promo code NBApalooza. That promo code expires on November 1st. You do not have a lot of time left. You get $30 off. Come on. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by the Rewatchables, where we have a new podcast going up this week Face Off. Oh, yeah. Travolta, Cage, me, Chris Ryan, Shay Serrano, Jason Concepcion. Four of those six people did this podcast. So you can listen to it. Subscribe to the Rewatchables feed. It's my favorite Ringer podcast. I'm biased. I hosted a bunch of them. But uh, but we hit a whole bunch of movies that you've watched a million times. And we hit them in profound, deep, and important ways. Uh, this episode of Face Off had the word. Actually, I won't even say the word. It had dirty words in it. But uh, you can check that out. We have The Fugitive coming next week, too. So you have plenty of time to watch that. Don't forget about the Ringer.com. That's where you can find my column every Friday as well as a whole bunch of great stuff, including today we had some great basketball pieces, but we also, Katie Bakes did a feature on uh, A-Rod who has completely rejuvenated his public personality as as, uh, a Fox TV analyst for these baseball games. Check that out. Check out all the stuff we got going in Don't forget about the other Ringer Podcast Network stuff. Don't forget about this podcast. We did a special BS podcast on Tuesday with Jack O. Which uh, never talked to him about the Yankees, so we did Yankees. He really went after Joe Buck and John Smoltz and a whole bunch of other stuff. It was a quickie one. It was like thirty minutes. We put that up Tuesday, and then we had Cousin Sal and I did our Monday podcast as well. Coming up right now, Pearl Jam. Then we're gonna to talk to we're gonna talk to uh, Raptors GM Masai Ujiri and a little Chris Ryan, disgruntled Sixers fan. But first, here are the boys from Pearl Jam. <laughs> What's your title at the ring? I can't remember. Executive, Executive
1: editor? Yeah. Executive editor.
0: <laughs> Host of two-day NBA Palooza.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: we taped with Masai yesterday, and I was going to run that, but there's so much weird NBA stuff going on. I wanted to talk with somebody for 15 minutes. Who better than you? Sixers fan. The Sixers, every time the process seems like it's it's finally running smoothly, something weird happens. Markel Fultz. He's looked
1: weird this whole season. So let's can we can we lay it out a little bit. He looked fine in summer league, and he hurt his ankle. Like I mean, he looked, preseason, real season. Yeah, and yeah. then and then something happened in October. He was playing in an inter squad scrimmage at Penn and uh, at, at the Palestra, and his free throw shot looked like it was the third free throw he'd ever taken in his life. Yeah, you know, like he was like a late adult, like continuing education. I'm picking up a new hobby late in life, and that was worrying. That was troubling for Concerning. a number one pick. Yeah, And uh, since then there, then, there came out information about he's had this shoulder thing that's been bothering him and it forced him to change his mechanics. He had been adjusting his shot to, change, to, to compensate for this injury. There was also talk about how he had done a little bit of independent study and just decided to change his mechanics. Oh, not good. Yeah. So this has been kind of cover, hovering over him for his entire preseason. And he gets out there. And you know what he looked like? A rookie. Yeah. He just looked like a rookie. He looked like a 19
0: year It's milk. okay.
1: Yeah. Like Go back and look at some other guys' first three games. Yeah. Not not that big of a deal. Paul Pierce, I remember when he looked like a rookie. Andrew Wiggins looked like a rookie. Yeah, Kobe Bryant looked like a rookie until January of his rookie year. Everything was fine except for the free throw shooting
0: part and the part that he's not shooting threes at all, which yes. was such a big piece of what he was allegedly supposed to be.
1: Right. He was supposed not to be like... either of those things. Is He can play off the ball. Simmons can run point. It's going to be fine. He was supposed to be conceivably this 50-40... 85 percentage guy
0: who could slash and kick and get the lane. He has the spin move. I yeah. mean, he has this one great move. I don't know if I buy the shoulder thing a hundred percent. I so wonder how much what, of this is psychological.
1: Uh, I wonder well, if his shoulder that's hurts That's where we a little are today. So yesterday then, afternoon, uh, Fultz's agent, Raymond brothers. Yeah. Spoke to Woj said, uh, Fultz has been trying to gut it out for the team. Right. He he had some fluid drained from his shoulder. But he's, he's, try, he's trying his best. First of all, don't say anything, Raymond brothers. Don't... Yeah.
0: Don't say anything. And then... Don't say gut it out for the team. It's game four. Later in the Nobody day... Needs to hear from you. He
1: walks it back and says, actually, I got the direction of the fluid wrong. It yeah. wasn't getting taken out. He got a cortisone shot in. I misspoke. Right. The point still stands. He's got shoulder problems. So then this morning... Uh, our time Sixers put him on ice for three days they're going to check out the shoulder they're essentially I think it, the big picture is they are taking him out of the public eye they do not want the eyes of America on Markel Fultz against Dallas or whatever the next game is it's smart and so he's going to sit for a couple of games and Colangelo Brian Colangelo gave a press conference today in which I think he sold me a used Honda I'm not sure and talked about structural damage how there wasn't any structural damage he's got a lot of confidence as a kid but he's maybe lacking some confidence and it was just a lot of double speak and stuff like that and it's just another bungled Sixers medical situation and well, it's that, like, so
0: that's let's go there first there's three components to this one is that this is now fourth or fifth time in the last four years yeah so where it's, the Sixers, Sixers medical staff has done a complete disservice to one of their young players
1: And not just like, oh, we screwed up uh, Hollis Thompson's shoulder. It's like these guys are huge investments. Not that I I love Hollis Thompson, but like this is like you can't screw these guys up.
0: You've thrown away four to five years here to try to build around these three people. You cannot misdiagnose anything about those people at right. any point in time. And yet we've seen it over and over again. And last year was a little sinister because they made it seem like Ben Simmons was going to come back. And then as soon as the season ticket deadline passed when they got everybody's money, they were like, they shut him down. There's theories which like is, that. There's and That's there's, not a theory. That's well, what happened. And there's
1: been a series of, um, like even this year with the MB minutes limit, which, yeah. which was, I, of course, like, I have, like other Sixers guys talk about this. Like he's... A valuable, precious piece. He, he, You have to have a min- minutes limit. He can't just be out like, okay, go out there and play 38 minutes a game. He's also enormous. Yeah. He's not going to play that much. But because of the way it got messaged, whether it was like sources say or whatever, it's like, oh, Embiid's only going to play 15 minutes a game. And everybody freaked out. And Embiid was like, it's bullshit. The messaging has been really badly. And they
0: seem to not have a right handle on how crazy their fan base is and i mean crazy in a good way for the most part. In a great way, yeah. Their fan base has suffered through four horrible years to get to the point they got to this summer. And the excitement and the hype and all that stuff was just ratcheted up to unrealistic proportions. There was nobody in this whole Philly franchise to be like, "Hey, wait a second. We're young, like we're not a playoff team yet. We're building around all young people who haven't done anything yet. Like let's calm it down. Like Joel Embiid, like this is what, what KOC was talking about when we're all talking in the Slack about it, like manage the expectations, not on the public, but manage your players a little bit. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid, it's not good for you to start feuds with people and talk shit and act like you're a five-time all-star when you played
1: 31 games. I don't like, see the thing is I it. don't mind about. I don't I like that because why one because one thing the Sixers have lacked is like so, like a competitive spirit in the last couple of years. They now have a guy who's like I don't care who I'm playing. Like why I mean like we, if we like it in Draymond we don't like it in, in Embiid. Draymond's done stuff. Yeah I know. But like I mean like I, I don't I don't feel like what Embiid is doing is like talking trash when he has not ne- like i feel like what he's doing is he's like i'm not gonna get let anybody punk this team i anymore. think humility i think humility is i'm not interested in humility <laughs> in nba come on what is this what are you talking what? about it's they're playing you want it to be bob corker playing forward I think for they're you They're a
0: like- young team that hasn't done jack shit yet
1: that's fine yeah like that's like, fine just settle down everybody but if andre drummond's talking trash and Embiid thinks he can punk drummond then i'm glad Embiid's talking back to him
0: I guess I. Why is Joel Embiid shooting
1: threes? Like why, why isn't he near the basket? Because he can. Because he can. Because I mean, I understand is that where you want him. It's not you want necessarily. Him I don't love. I don't love Embiid playing the Garnett spot out on the top of the key. I like him to get closer to the basket. He's seven foot three, and That's I also think opinion? that he's in Simmons' way a little bit. I think that yeah. there's like a little. You cannot have two seven foot guys standing at the top of the key trying to run stuff.
0: Yeah, I think they've put this team together as a collection of assets without really any thought to how all those assets moved together because they they weren't
1: interested in that it was just like let's get assets let's it's get only assets. only been a couple games they played really well no, I'm not, against the lizards they this beat season. the pistons like this is this is the thing is that the narrative about the team gets away from like the team itself but, and that's the job of the guys in the front office is to control that narrative is to like make it so that these guys can do their work and get better But in i'm a, saying
0: they haven't done their job uh, the the front office I think the front office has done a terrible yeah, job. Yeah, I agree
1: with you. I agree with you. I, it
0: doesn't seem like they even. How realized. are we having a Markel Fultz press conference? But I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying it doesn't even seem like they've put real thought and energy into how all of these guys would play together and what positions they would be in, and like, why is JJ Redick on this team for
1: twenty three million dollars for one year? To teach them the how to be NBA that? players so what that they're that not mean? so that they're not all a bunch of kids out on the road together who have never done this before why
0: do you have to spend 23 million dollars in that why do you have to spend 11 you've spent 34 million dollars on two guys well, one like, of them like, can't play money,
1: but like it's not my money like if they want to do it like what were they going to do otherwise I think it actually gives that it stretches the floor it has a bunch a couple of guys around there who are like this is how you treat your body on the road this is when you should go to sleep you got to do this you got to get on the plane like all this J- stuff Jared J- Bayless can't do that <laughs> you're going him on the team <laughs> um Ben Simmons has been the breakout
0: under 21 guy other than maybe I mean Tatum Fox and marketing
1: I think have been really good right
0: I think you look at those three guys and you go and
1: Dennis Smith has been like is Dennis Smith playing I'll watch for five minutes like he's been but it's just just in case he dunks on somebody he's gonna be a great fantasy guy and a fun guy for
0: social media yeah I don't know if he'll be the guy who's leading a conference finalist but we'll see yeah he's fun to get him at the ninth pick is great. Marketing's been the big revelation for me.
1: What do you think is behind all this scrutiny on the rookies this year? Why are we so like. It's because the NBA is a 12 month a year sport. And now it's 24 hours. And now it's like. Well, the
0: faults thing's really bad because they traded up for him. Yeah. that It's one thing, like if they had the first round pick and they're like, we like this guy, let's take him. But they actually, when you make a trade like the one they made, now you're saying he's a sure thing, which is what people felt like when we were at the lottery, right? But then the Celtics didn't like something and I still don't know what they did. Well, didn't this
1: like. is the sort of underlying part about it is I would feel better about all of this if it had had nothing to do with Danny Ainge. But like I'm not comfortable with the fact that I'm one I'm like I think this kid is going to be really good. I really do think he'll be fine, but I don't like the fact that Danny Ainge had him in was taking pictures of him in the, you know, up against posters of Bob Cousy going up on Boston social media and 2 days later was like happy to get rid of the pick.
0: I still feel that I think this was really badly Mismanaged from an organizational standpoint, because when you have a young team like this, the one thing you don't want is hype, expectations. We've arrived, all that shit. Like just, just publicly, you have to throw water on people. I'm like, these guys are all young. They have never played together. We have no real idea if it makes sense to have Embiid and Ben Simmons and then other tall guys on the court at the same time. Like we're gonna experiment. We think Ben Simmons is a point guard. Right. We're not positive. Right. We think Faults can play off the ball. We don't know. He's nineteen. They haven't. They didn't manage that at all, and I think that was their mistake. And then, f- f- so Fultz shoots three free throws. People freak out, and right. then it's like the sky is falling. It's because their over under was forty one, and people thought this was a playoff team.
1: It's absurd. I also think that it doesn't help that his. Uh, personality obviously isn't very domineering right now and you look at Darren Fox if Darren Fox was having a terrible time right. from the field or from the line you'd still be like but this kid is great he gives great quotes he plays his ass off he's just like he's already like a face-up defender to go after guys Fultz has got like a more reserved personality I don't love doing body language doctor stuff but it's not great like his you know I love him, well you, you can tell he's just like I'm not sure where I'm supposed to stand you know what I mean? I'm not sure yeah, what it's supposed to he's do. he's a rookie, though. Exactly. Yeah. But like, there is an assertive way to be like that, and there is like a way where you can kind of like, I'm gonna, I played basketball before. I know how to do this. Like, you know, I'll just, I'll just do what I, you know. Like, I'll do the things I need to do. And then there is like, why am I down on the baseline? I don't know what part of the play I'm supposed to be in. Or if you're J.J. Redick, you're like, so I'm just going to stand here? <laughs> are we to run off a screen?
0: I still don't think Simmons is a point guard, ultimately. I think he's somebody you run the offense through, but the, the thing I don't like about how they're using him, and I know his stats have been good, I just like when he's around the basket. Yeah, I think his he, his hands and feet are so quick, and his he just has this uncanny ability to just know where to go and what to do, and to just pull him out of the play. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I also think as you keep playing, meaning the Sixers, that team, the smart teams are just going to play 10 feet off them.
1: They already are. They're yeah. sagging. That's the thing. It's going to be beyond sagging. But though. if he can use that sagging to initiate offense by getting into the lane, if he can develop like a floater, if he can become a threat at the hoop, then everything is going to start collapsing. And like if people are like, oh, we're going to play off Simmons because like he's not going to pull up from three, then he can get into the lane and start driving and kicking. And then that will open up the whole offense.
0: There is some – it's a little bit similar to the uh Anthony Davis boogie combo where you watch them and you go, there's some way this should be working in an awesome way from a just a geometry spacing standpoint. Yeah, Like when Boogie – when they throw it to Boogie, Davis really doesn't know where to go and what to do. Yeah, You just see him. He's kind of like, ah, shit. All right. I'll, I'm ready to run in as soon as you shoot. But they haven't – there seems to be – like Bird and McHale. They always figured out Bird would be in the top, and he'd feed McHale, and they kind of just figured out the spacing. I think it's harder to do when the, when the guy who's throwing it in can't shoot. Yeah. But it does seem like there's some geometry thing that they could figure
1: out. I, I'm sure that there, there's some way in which Simmons and Bede and Fultz like work together. They just have to have... like I mean, you just look, look at Brooklyn last night. It's like... They have zero expectations. Yeah, they have the highest scoring offense in the league and the worst defense in the league, and they're all having fun because they have zero
0: expectations. Yeah,
1: and they're whipping the ball around and chucking threes, and everybody out there seems like they're six six. Like they're all the guys are either like a small forward or a power forward. I can't a, a shooting now guard something or something approved. Yeah, it's like Lavert and Rondé and D'Angelo, and like there's just zero expectations. But they can go out there and just like find their way into their their identity in a way that the Sixers don't have that chance right now.
0: Here's my fear with Fultz, and just for the record, I don't care. Like, I want Fultz to be good because I like basketball. Yeah, like that trumps the Celtics part of this. The Celtics got a great guy and a great pick. Like, it doesn't matter how Fultz does with the Celtics. Like, Tatum's good. You know that trade? You do that trade a hundred times, even if Fultz becomes a seven-time All Star. Um, Griffin had this quote. David Griffin, the old Cavs GM, had this quote about Anthony Bennett, where he said. The issue with Anthony, this is from The Athletic, who has the asshole CEO. The issue with Anthony, this is the quote, the issue with Anthony was, and we had no way of knowing at the time, the kid had no desire to overcome adversity whatsoever. As soon as it was hard, he was out. His whole life, he rolled out of a bed bigger, better, and more talented than anyone else. As soon as it was hard, it was over. And I was the one on campus at UNLV. I'm the one who got sold the bill of goods, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. You fuck up sometimes but I feel bad Chris Grant took it for that because Chris was the one guy who wasn't sure. So there's a lot to unpack with that, but basically he's saying as soon as it got hard for Anthony Bennett, he folded, and that's the fear with faults right now. It's, like, it's hard for him yeah. for the first time. not worried about that.
1: I'm 10% that quote aware. is also very like that. That no, quote, it's self. It's incredibly it's, self-serving. It's like, oh, the, the, he, he came to Valhalla, the Cleveland Cavaliers at that time. I don't remember the Cavs that fondly at that time. And he's like, oh, Anthony Bennett just dropped the ball there. It's like, come on, yeah, maybe. Well, but I do think we've. But did he also with, have like undiagnosed sleep apnea? I mean, eh, we've seen it with NBA
0: players where they hit adversity and they might not handle it great. And that's he. This is a, an an incredible amount of tension for a rookie, as you said earlier. I don't remember rookies being dissected I don't like remember this. Alonzo has Alonzo yeah. has had three different story arcs already.
1: He's played three games. First yeah.
0: game, he's a disaster. Second game, oh Lonzo. and then third game, ah. Eh.
1: But it's almost like because, and it's not even him. It's his dad, and it's it's everything around him is almost like sp- turning into the spin where they're like it's a circus, like like yeah. Lonzo, no way, Alonzo loses twice in one week. Okay, John Wall's coming in to destroy yeah. him tonight. You know, like that is now making it almost like strangely a, a like a, 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 a like a circus about every night he plays, and it almost suits his game. It's strangely strangely he seems unperturbed by the fact that like every night a, a point guard might come after him. You know, yeah. whereas like with faults and this whole situation, it seems like they're not prepared for the scrutiny. When it, and their medical
0: staff wasn't prepared for whatever
1: the fuck is going on. Either. I have no idea what's happening with this. I don't understand it. I don't understand the misdiagnosis is the lack of diagnosis is the lack of a treatment plan. You just never, for so many other basketball teams, it's like, guy hurt his wrist. He's out two, three weeks. Nobody blinks twice. Nobody blinks twice. Nobody says like, oh, is it really his wrist? Does he need fluid drain from it or put back into it? Is it a fracture or is it a strain? But that's why what the agent did. It
0: was so, well, it was just so reckless. Yeah the fuck are you doing you've just created a news story where there was no news story people didn't know what was wrong with faults yeah and now
1: I mean obviously something was wrong because- I mean I guess like I could sort of see I don't uh, look if if his if it started out the season it was like Fultz has a bad shoulder he's camps he can't start the season I don't think Sixers fans would have been psyched but it's not like we're not used to it we didn't see him bead for two years we didn't see him Simmons for a full year like we're, we're used to having to wait yeah so the weird thing about this is this like play through it stuff I think Simmons is the only
0: unequivocal sure thing out of those three guys. Yeah. Simmons is like, you watch him for two games. Like, wow, that guy's mm-hmm. 15 years. Um, it's something, uh, I don't remember Masai's about that. We taped the yesterday, but he's about to come on the pod. I don't remember if he said this on the podcast or when we were talking after, but he was talking about, um, in college, you don't have the same amount of space that you have in the pros. And, when people get to the pros, sometimes they get that space and they just love it.
1: Like, do you mean off court? Like the, like the space no, no, to be like it, alone or like literally on the court? On the court. Okay.
0: Cause in college, it's just like, it's 40 minutes. Everybody's going full speed. Yeah, the coach the is time. calling a timeout every 90 seconds. Yeah. All this shit. And in the NBA, it just calms down and people know where to go and what to do. And he was saying, uh, you know, some guys just, they, they just love it. And I think Simmons is one of those guys. Yeah. The, And you could see it at LSU. I was a big fan of his at LSU. Then he came into the Sixers last year, and he was so much bigger.
1: He also had a year to adjust to, like, not being at LSU. Now he's, like, in the pros. I mean, even, like, the other night, Tatum was talking about how, um, like, they got back from some game at 2 in the morning And then they were like, "Yeah, we're like, there's another game tomorrow." And he was like, "What are you talking about?" Because he had misread the schedule. And he's like, "I just can't believe how much we're playing." Yeah, and like that stuff, like you take it for granted. But and yeah, you just look at the schedule. But these kids are like overwhelmed by that. They're playing more than twice as many games in a season than they've ever played before. And they're kids. Yeah, but I think uh, you know the LSU. I watched a lot of him that year. A lot of personally at stake
0: because my son and him have the same name. Sure. Wanted to make sure he's not going to be like the greatest player of all time. That would have been weird. But uh, that LSU team, it was so poorly run. His teammates, he just had a weird team. And I, th- I do think he checked out, which I think was a real concern. And I was really worried about his competitiveness because I didn't like how he checked out at LSU and it just seemed like he just wanted to get to the NBA. Then you watch him in these NBA games. It's like, all right, that's fine. Cross that concern off. Um, I still don't. It's going to be hard to imagine him having a 25-foot shot, but after watching right. Aaron Gordon drain threes last night, <laughs> threes. I think yeah. anything's
1: possible. Yeah. It's the old KG thing. Aaron Gordon's stroke now is nice. He's a freak now. He's just yeah. going to be like, if he gets that, that's that's a wrap, man. He's really, really good. Simmons Simmons is like a top ten,
0: second, first, second team All-NBA potential guy. I think Embiid has the talent I just I'm not convinced he can play 60 games just show me let's see
1: it once yeah you know Simmons is Simmons is fine I I, he probably could have played last year right I I, the word is that he could have played towards the end of the season yeah and then faults
0: even though it's been really strange like there are some things he's shown already that are the highest possible level NBA stuff like that spin movie has is freaking awesome
1: yeah. You know, I mean, even just in like a few minutes of watching him in Summer League when he, before he hurt his ankle and before, I think, before the shoulder was really bothering him, you could just see he was a guy who was able to just pull up right off of like the little bit of daylight, which is right. something that we really need. But it was a 20 footer. And yeah. the question is, can he stretch out a 24? Well, this is in like, Summer League. This is like, no, you should, I know. yeah.
0: But like uh, Bradley Beal, you know, you watch Bradley Beal and it's just like, it's he's it's he's like a robot, you know. It's just effortless. Twenty five right. footers But Bradley I like, thought Fultz was going to be like. This that. is a
1: great example, though. It's like Bradley Beal. We thought was like uh, was like Bruce Willis from like. We yeah, thought we thought he, like, thought he was unbreakable. Yeah, and it's like this is this kid ever going to be able to play a full season, <laughs> much less sixty games? And now, what is he like a top five shooting guard in the NBA? No, so,
0: I, I, brought, I brought up Bradley Beal just because that's kind of what I thought Fultz was going to be as a but he shooter still could, is what I'm saying yeah. is like it was
1: like just because he has a shoulder, well, it seemed like
0: he was like almost pushing from the right side of his body which makes me think maybe he really is hurt yeah i don't know part of it might be mental too the bennett thing worries me though because we've seen we've just seen guys over the years who have these crazy expectations
1: and once who else it gets is in, in that Bennett head, class which one who else is in the bennett class the draft well, That was class. a weird draft yeah that was like that i was mean like i just don't understand line. how so many people could be so wrong about one guy like Fultz well the better was,
0: thing was when they took him it was crazy oh, they was thought nuts. he was gonna go yeah, like yeah but eighth. that
1: was not what Fultz was Fultz was like a presumptive like the consensus number one I think they only with thing with some like should it be Lonzo and some like whoa Josh I'm pretty glad we don't have Josh Jackson you know what I mean like there was like Josh Jackson talk if you had stayed at three and taken Fox I think you'd have been fine yeah well I mean don't ask me I want a monk <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he's been terrible
1: yeah, I, was, I was just like I saw League Monk score 43 but points I'm once. buying
0: everyone's Monk stock whoever's selling my- I'm not selling it's I an can't. incredible
1: draft though I'm a founding member of the corporation <laughs> I can't oh that's right you don't have any left uh, no it's been an awesome draft I think we're going to look at this draft and
0: it's going to be. It's one also of the great. Alzheimer's. It's a great.
1: It's great for watching league pass because every game has somebody you're in it. Where you're like, I got, I gotta watch Mark and him for a few minutes. You know, like where does Sarge fit into all this? Well, Sarge is tough because he's my favorite sixer. He also Doesn't needs seem the to ball fit into this. Yeah. and plays like it's 1987. Like he's yeah. so like it's just this beautiful, slow, kind of almost like like an antelope with rubber bands tied around its legs. Like you yeah. might like, is he going to make it like to the basket? And then it's like, Oh, he did like a reverse layup. How did that happen? Or he threw like a behind the back, no look pass. I just don't know. It'll be really interesting with a lot of these teams, like how they start staggering minutes and, taking a really good player and putting them up against backups. I mean, you saw Oklahoma do that uh, with um, against the wolves to get back in the game. They basically had mellow out there with like Felton and a against a terrible wolves bench. Yeah. And they made up a huge lead, a huge deficit. Sarge could be the best player on their second unit. Sarge faults second kinda, unit should be good. He's kind of overqualified to be that. Sure. And, and, but I think that right now it's like, you can't have another guy who's big and needs the ball out on the court at the same time with Simmons and Embiid. Covington looks good, too. Rocco looks great. He looks awesome. The funny
0: thing about the Sixers is I don't think they have any chance to make the playoffs, and yet they have eight players I really like. Yeah, they're deep now. It's crazy. It's a really likable roster. I'm not sure where Redick fits in on it. Redick just might be somebody who should just be on veteran teams. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like where... If anything, the Clippers tried to get him too involved last year, but there's
1: some sort of middle ground. Do you think that there could be like a Redick, can Redick get traded in the Yeah, the in December.
0: That's the thing you guys have, that was, I think, the reason they did the Amir, because now you have $34 million of contracts you can yeah. flip. But I mean, they, they have to figure out the false thing, and they cannot put him in a position to fail like that. If he's hurt, don't play him. Yeah. That's I, it. It's, but LeBron this just goes said back that to, this morning. Like, yeah. I, if, you're, if he's hurt, I don't understand why he's playing. This goes back to the organizational thing we were talking about at the beginning, which I think the organization's the real villain here. With If the guy's hurt, don't play him. There's too much, there, that first game against Washington,
1: that was like an event. That's the thing. Is that it's like not like we're being run by Tom Thibodeau. Game, right? I don't know where this came from where it's like, gut it out. It's like, yeah. you gut it out. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, Gut it out. We haven't gutted it out in four years. These guys have all been on... In bubble wrap for four years. Like let's let let him like get his shoulder fixed. It
0: was almost like they were more worried it was going to be a story if
1: he sat out a couple games to start the year,
0: than if he played games. And looked I think that hurt.
1: there's a disconnect between what Fultz thinks is wrong with him, what the Sixers think is wrong with him, and that's the problem. That seems to be the problem. Is we're this like, sure we this is a mental? I don't. I, I I wouldn't have any reason to say that. I don't know. And like, right. there's nothing about him where I'm like, this kid is faking a shoulder injury and like re- reconstructing his shot. Oh, for I don't no think reason. he's faking it. I just think maybe he's hurt and maybe he's. I don't know. It's like we've seen this
0: happen in golf and in baseball where somebody can get a mental hiccup on something and they and it gets in their head and then they. I don't know. We got to fix this though because we need faults. I was when you watch this Simmons and Bead combo now, what I thought faults was going to be in my head. It actually makes perfect sense. If this is like the guy with 25 foot range who can also slash and kick and spin move and hit somebody for a dunk. That is the perfect third guy for this. Yeah. And
1: would have been worth the trade up.
0: I still think that has a chance to be one of the great trades ever. We need
1: more from TJ McConnell now more than ever. (laughs) TJ looks good. Yeah. I like TJ.
0: This still has a chance to be one of the great trades because Tatum's a beast. Like the Tatum Jalen
1: combo. Wait, even I mean, though, uh, Are you saying to me that this has a chance to be one of the best trades, the great yeah, trades if, for you, for you no, guys? No, for both sides. Oh, okay. I'm talking about like. Yeah.
0: I still you know, wouldn't. I if Fultz Fult is what we think he should be, it's a great trade. We join. were talking
1: about this last night. Like if you could go back in time, would you just keep the three and take Tatum? And I just, I wouldn't. I just think you well, go for it. Well, not with the team you have. No, and I also just don't. I would never. I wanted to. Lonzo's the one that. Eh. Lonzo would have fit in pretty nice. Yeah, he he's, would have been pretty good. He's fine. Lonzo would have been really fun. <laughs> then, we, then we'd have like too many guys who don't shoot. At gunpoint, you'd take Lonzo. Yeah. Come on. I'd still take Monk. <laughs> Lonzo <laughs> would be fun. <laughs>
0: Lonzo with Simmons, with the way they use Simmons, and the fact that when you watch Lonzo, he never has the ball for more but that than would be like, like having like Rubio and Merritt. Like you know, it would just be like and and but White, James Williams needs the ball. Lonzo doesn't really ever want to have the ball because if you stand next to him, he gets rid of it. I know as he just as does possible. a touch
1: pass like every time you've. I'm not
0: positive Lonzo can dribble.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's can when Lonzo you watch dribble, Lonzo, Lonzo a play, handle? Or, it's okay. I think Patrick Beverly would 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 point out some flaws with his handle. My biggest fear with Lonzo is we've saw it twice with Fox
0: in the in the NCA, and he's on that Beverly thing too. And even just when you're watching
1: very carefully, it just doesn't seem like he wants to be pressured ever. Well, he will he will find out about that tonight <laughs> against the Wizards. I feel like John Wall is going to follow
0: him around for a while. You know what, the Lakers fans you can't bring up to them is the Russell trade a bad he, looks, he looks really good. Whoa, whoa, Not got, only does he look good, we got good, Kuzma. Congratulations. He, he I'm had pretty, pretty a sure bit, you could have gotten the 27th pick from someone else.
1: He had a little bit of a Kyrie, a classic Kyrie game. It was like 25 and one assist last night. Yeah. But his, like, just demeanor on the court is oh. totally different. And his body looks he different. He looks so, he's like taking it very seriously. Yeah. He understands that, like, he is definitely the best scorer on that team, but like those guys are not like, ah, oh, he's gunning. Don't you feel like he's filled out? To yeah. me, he he's, looks like a James Harden type yes. of body now. Yeah. He just
0: feels like, what and is he does he, like the same forward? thing where
1: he'll get into the lane, throw the brakes on, guys go on his back. He gets yeah. a foul, shoots a five footer. Like he's like, he's for real. If he that can figure was, out his three, like he was clanging him at the end of the night. I think he was tired last night against the Magic. That was like he, a, may, he missed the game winner. How about the NBA? Yeah, no. Magic Nets is just like a blast.
0: I watched. I was watching Nets Hawks during football on Sunday, which is a terrible game between two teams that won't make the playoffs. I was riveted. Yeah, it's like wow, look at the Nets. Look at (laughs) Demaryius Carroll. Russell's that was a big fuck up. How about this? Don't give up on guys who are not twenty two yet. Yeah, who are high lottery picks. Like, they better get LeBron. is is if you are going to do that trade, you better one hundred percent know LeBron is coming
1: in a year alright Chris Ryan that wasn't that bad right no I, I feel okay, okay. I, I, it's, it's nice to come in and share okay
0: I'm glad I was here for you let's take a break talk about me undies they make feel good undies your butt will be proud to wear do you wear me undies Chris
1: I do wear me undies yeah
0: most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever owned tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies me undies will have the perfect fit for any personality the me undies feeling is unmatched I think that's a good verb for this because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton for a limited time only. Check out MeUndies' first ever glow-in-the-dark print. Lights out! Why not update your underwear, drawing glow at the same time? And if underwear is in your thing, MeUndies also makes the softest socks in the world right now. You'll save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com/slash-bs. And if you don't love the first pair of MeUndies, they're free. 100% satisfaction. Guaranteed. Go to MeUndies.com/slash-bs to get 20% off, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. On the best, softest underwear you'll ever own. Before I get to uh, Masai, we did the Rewatchables Live. That podcast is going up this week. Face Off, we did it in front of like 250 people at Largo, Yeah, 200. about
1: 150 of which saw Face Off before, but everybody seemed to enjoy it. Did a Q&A after, which... You'll hear if you listen to the rewatchables. And we thought it was going
0: to be QA about basketball on the website. Yeah. They were all these thought out face off <laughs> questions that we hadn't considered yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was super fun, though. Thanks to everybody who came out. And then, and then the w- next one after that, I think, is The Fugitive, right? Yeah, that's next week. So if you guys are looking to try and watch the movies before the pod, it goes face off then The Fugitive. Ringer NBA show. Mm-hmm. You're on there Thursdays? Well, we're doing Sources Today, and then Thursdays we do group chat with me and Justin and Haley. Okay. Yeah. And then The Watch as well. Monday and Thursday. We're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Chris Ryan, thank you.
0: Let's quickly talk about Sonos. Want to experience TV, movies, and music with sound you can feel from a speaker you'll hardly notice? Playbase from Sonos gives you just that. Look, I can't remember how many terrible home audio systems I've had over the years. Playbase's low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV, only it fills your entire viewing room with epic home theater audio for movies and sports to TVs and shows and gaming. The slim, low-profile Playbase adds dynamic pulse-sounding sound. Whatever is playing on your TV. It can uh work with almost all TV cable box, universal remotes. Everything sounds better on Playbase. So easy. Sonos app guides you through every step of the setup. Right now, for the first time ever, Sonos is offering listeners of this podcast ten percent off one order. $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com including Playbase. This offer is available for a limited time only. cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use promo code Simmons10 Simmons10 at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. See for yourself. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. That is Sonos.com Simmons10. Okay, here it is. musayu Ujiri. Fascinating guy. GM of the Raptors um, and had a crazy kind of path to get where he is and we talked about that we talked about the nba where stuff's going a whole bunch of stuff it's awesome here we go masai ujiri in my office give me all the ways people have mispronounced your name (laughs) too crazy you got
2: it you got it right you got it uh very very close but
0: uh, i've seen i was close i wasn't right what is the exact pronunciation ujiri you Jiri? Yes, you got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people go you Harry. Yeah, you Harry. I, I hear hairy.
2: I I hear all kinds of stuff <laughs> with my with my with my name, but um, I guess it's it's a tough name. Eh,
0: now now you've had some success. I think I, people are starting to nail it. Um, you've been in basketball in the NBA. I was doing I did some research for this one. Two thousand two you're an unpaid assistant for the Orlando Magic. You mm-hmm. are unpaid. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that one. How are you eating every day? Where are you getting money?
2: So I I I think I saved up a little bit uh playing professionally in Europe and that that wasn't even a lot of a lot right. of money. Um but um I was living uh with one of my friends in Washington DC. who was staying in a little studio apartment, so that was uh, that helped. It Was cheap. Uh, fruit Loops every day. Yeah, fruit Loops every day. <laughs> and um, those those meals you cook that last like for four days. Yeah, um, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, and we eat a lot. We eat a lot of African food. Were you food. playing
0: hoops still, or are you just like you just? No, I
2: stopped playing in Europe, and I came back. And my goal was to get into college coaching, uh, if I could. And coaching. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I, I wanted to. Um, I, re- I really wanted to do that and had a great friend in, in David Thorpe. Oh yeah, who my had, old ESPN teammate. Yeah. 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 And we were kind introduced me to all the coaches basically. Um, and I began to, um, kind of know them, work camps, uh, Leonard Hamilton, Billy Donovan, um, yeah. all the camps and, um, Still, I couldn't. I was helping a lot of kids uh, from Africa come to college, so uh, I was a little bit popular with the with the with the college coaches, um, which which helped me a lot. Um, but at this at this uh, at this time, I, um, uh, coach Thope, uh introducing me to all these coaches. Uh, he was working out um, prospects to be going into the nba and i i um i would go and help him out in tampa and a prospect uh uche osonu who played in um wisconsin came to work out yeah and um was going to work out with the orlando magic and so i drove him to the workout he had put his name in the draft and the the orlando magic um he went into the workout and they didn't let me in so i just drove him and after the workout, he came out and I went to lunch um, with him and the five prospects he was working out with, with Gary Brokaw, um, who was the director of Player Personnel at the time. And John Gabriel was the... Um, oh, the Orlando GM. yeah. Yes, yeah. the Orlando GM. And Doc Rivers was coach. Yeah. Yeah. So um, right when we are at lunch, um, Brokaw gets a phone call and... Um, one of a prospect canceled, and he asked me if I would bring Uche back to replace that prospect in a couple of days, and he would allow me into the workout. And so while we were at lunch, we started talking and I started telling him about all the prospects I knew in Europe and college yeah. and blah, 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 basically running my mouth. And he found it pretty, pretty interesting. And so that one prospect canceling and you get a break. Yeah, <laughs> I got a break. That's how, I, that's how I'm here today. It's unbelievable. I got into the practice. John Gabriel... Um, uh, uh, came to me and, and sat with me for a little bit. He was really nice. Doc Rivers came over, uh, sat with me. For, he was, they were very nice. And John Gabriel said, uh, Gary Broca told me, you know uh, a lot about, um, uh, about European basketball. Um, our European scout has a little issue uh, right now. And um, if you want to work with me, uh, work with us, uh, give me a call. Wrote his number on uh, on a piece of paper. I tell you, Bill, I called every day for like six months. Every single, every day, I called John. Finally. They told me to come to Orlando. and they, so were, they were like, Messiah's on the phone again. What should I tell him? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm it's not one, here, I'm not here. It's one of those that I, I I, don't know like what they even say. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah bugging, I'm bugging. And finally they get me to, Ola- to Orlando and they get me to evaluate an NBA game. Yeah. Um, and they're playing the Clippers. And I evaluated like three guys and they decided to let me work for them, you know, like... Um, um just almost like a volunteer yeah
0: and but that's i mean a lot of guys have gotten in the nba being like oh you're gonna open the door for me one inch you just i'm in take it i'll do whatever take it
2: that is what i advise people you know like bust your butt and and do it and just traveling around like the next year i got uh i got offered a couple full-time jobs from um, the one I took was with Denver. Yeah. Uh, with Kiki VanderWay and Jeff Weltman. And um, my first full-time job. Are uh, you to
0: blame for the Tishkavili pick or no?
2: Um,
0: I tell Jeff I was the year after. The, the, the year, year after, after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> whose, whose game did you have when you were a player? What were you? Were you like a? I
2: I was one of those. I was the ones. Uh, I was one one of the guys that <laughs> you say, you know, like that can't. Um, uh, can't shoot and I learned to shoot you in Europe. You were like Europe. a 3 and D guy who yeah. couldn't shoot threes? Yeah, I couldn't shoot. I couldn't shoot and then I learned to shoot in Europe. Uh, so athletic, could jump uh, but couldn't shoot.
0: And up, you grew up in Nigeria?
2: I grew up in Nigeria. I was, I was born in England but I only lived there for nine months and my parents moved back to Nigeria.
0: So you're in like elementary school, high school when Hakeem is the best player in the world because Michael Jordan retired briefly. Yes, and Hakeem was the man. For... Hakeem
2: Hakim was unbelievable.
0: I was. I wrote about Hakeem in my book. I think it's a one in a billion chance you could ever replicate his career, and I just don't think we'll ever see a basketball player like that again because it's such a fluke. You have this guy who is one of the best athletes we've ever had in basketball, but he played soccer until he was 15 and learned this whole different footwork balance thing. And then all of a sudden, somebody just threw him a basketball. He's like, oh, all right, I'll try this. And just came at it from this way. I don't think it ever gets replicated.
2: You should watch him teach. It's unbelievable. I've seen how many guys there, you know, like thinking that, you know, like, hey, you could get something from this footwork. But uh, great friend, great person, you know, unbelievable person. Has this gym in Houston. I don't know if you know, you know. Well, like, it's like the
0: famous, you send somebody there to learn post moves. Mid,
2: middle of nowhere, basically. Yeah. Um, um, Owns so much land in Houston. In the middle of nowhere, you know, like he has this gym. <laughs> yeah. And, and you go in and it, it's so absurd, you know, like it's, in the, it's, a, it's on a ranch or something. And you drive how long to get there and the gym is just sitting there. And inside, it's just the echoes of a ball. And there's this um, big picture of um, of his jersey or something, you know, like, and a couple yeah. of his shoes there. And it's a nice NBA uh, gym, I mean, practice um, floor and gym. And he just teaches. And it's incredible how he teaches. I took... JaVale McGee, Jonas Valanciunas, even Damar went um, um, quite well, DeMar a few. is like a
0: big footwork student. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's become, he's become one of the better footwork guys in the... KD, right? I did a
0: KD pod this summer and he said he admired DeRozan's footwork the most yeah. out of anybody.
2: Yeah. When I think of footwork, I think of Akeem. I think of obviously Jordan, you know, but uh, Kobe became so good with 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 footwork. Kevin McHale. Uh, Kevin McHale one. is another one. Yeah, um, he's incredible. Yeah, I think in this era now, you know, like Demar has kind of mastered it in some kind of way that yeah. you know, like is unique a little bit. People people uh, pay attention to it. So
0: I was, I know it's tough for you to talk about other teams' players, but I was excited, Porzingis. I noticed he had a couple of footwork additions to his game this year that I think, you know, there was a little like touch of McHale, like a little drop step thing. And I was wondering like with the way basketball's going, I mean, you're part of the crusade of ruining basketball, which is shooting threes. <laughs> your team, all well, they do shoot threes and layups now, but I worry about the big guys. If you're 15, why would you even work on your footwork? I think he'll Should come you back 25 feet away and just shoot threes every day for your entire life.
2: I think he'll come back. I think maybe if if the Hakeems and those guys, you know, like uh, come about again, there's no way you can, you know, but when do they come about? Those are generational players, right? But but and- all right,
0: so 15-year-old Hakeem, he comes into America. Mm-hmm. Is he shooting threes? Is 2017, 15, 17-year-old Hakeem, is he even thinking about low post stuff?
2: He's not, but he's running. I right. think he's running, uh, which I think uh, he's jumping, he's catching lobs, and I think um he'll figure out he figures out a way you know, like to play to in, yeah to play in one on one situations, you know yeah. which I think if uh, a lot of the big guys now you know like if they can play in one on one situations they 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 all play in the dunker now with 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 the system, but um I I think guys like that will figure um will figure a way it's the the heavy footed ones you know like I I don't know how that would work now you know like but right. the athletic ones I think would figure it out
0: I mean basketball just in the last four years you think we there was this whole Roy Hibbert conversation in 2012 2013 this mm-hmm. is the future of basketball rim protect horizontal stick your arms up and and then in two years, people figure out how to play those guys off the court. You've mm-hmm. had to deal with some of that with Jonas, who kills my favorite team, the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> He's always just destroyed us. But um, a lot of teams have figured out a way to just basically put him in space and make it so that Toronto has to make a choice. Do we do we give up a little on this end and pound on the other end? And it's like this become the seesaw. Which I'm well, sure you guys must talk about constantly.
2: Well, he's 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 now. Uh, I think he's figured it now, out now, where he's he's playing in the dunker um, and posting up less. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, doing a lot of handling the ball instead of waiting to be thrown the ball in the post. You right. know, like which is, I think, became easier to defend in in this day and age. And uh, and so now he's leaner. You know, like he runs better. Um, and hey, you have to you have to adjust, but. I think it'll change again, though, uh, Bill. Yeah. I, I really think the lead, the I, the style of play. You know, we we say it. You know, like before it was the vertical. You know, like just a couple years ago. And, um, uh, but somebody will invent something. Somebody will come up with something. Whatever you come up with, it ha- You have to win. You know, where if you win, people will copy. Well, copycat lead. True. Yeah, I th- I think um, uh, people tried um this system uh george carl did it you know like i i used to I used to be like okay why so why are we you know like <laughs> playing a sh- we have two really good big guys you know and why are we playing a shooting four you know like uh, so i'm playing smaller yeah when you're yeah, playing against bynoma and gasol you know like and then um george would play al harrington you know like for instance at the four and stretching the floor and trying those things you know like but um we never won big or a championship you know like I think Phoenix played that way you know like years ago and came close came close you know um, I mean
0: shit like uh, the 2008 Celtics their best lineup was the lineup that had KG at the 5 and shooters all around basically and Pierce playing up yep and we never it's funny I was watching game 4 of in 2008 the finals against the Lakers Mm -hmm. when the Celtics made the big comeback Mm -hmm. and Van Gundy's like talking about the lineup. He's mm-hmm. like, "Well, this is w- what happens here is Eddie house spreads the floor and it allows them to do this, this and this. And he's basically spelling out what's about to happen to basketball, but nobody realized it. Mm-hmm. They think it's just this gimmick lineup. The Celtics had, they were still playing big baby and KG together, Leon mm-hmm. Poe and KG mm-hmm. Perkins and KG. Mm-hmm. And now it's shifted back. But I agree with you. The history of basketball says these little trends last about four or five years and they flip. Remember the mid eighties with, uh, it was Samson Olajuwon yep. and it was Parrish Mikhail Walton. Yep. And then with the Lakers, the Lakers tried to get big to match everybody that one year. It didn't work. Then they went the other way. They played worthy at the power forward, yep. played AC green. All of a sudden then people are starting to emulate them. No question. So I, I think you might be right. The, the one thing I worry about is, and I'm sure you see with all these kids you're getting involved with is just the 15 year olds mm-hmm. where they just are like, how do I get in the NBA? I have to shoot threes mm-hmm. instead of playing basketball.
2: I think um, for me, uh, the, the talent is the is the is is the first thing, and and um, I think the way the the game is played now, the basic fundamentals are so vital to these kids. You know, like yeah. so, it's not we're not looking at the running and jumping as much as you know, like shooting and footwork and all those things. You know, yeah. like that make um, uh, that make players now. Uh, produce in certain ways but honestly I think it will change again you know like it just is just a matter of time you know like we're a trendy league you know like and we um um we're copycat you know like we just go with with the waves you know like and whatever is going hey you know like everybody tries to go as long as somebody won you yeah. know like doing it you know so um, well, so
0: like take uh, Bruno I did that draft
2: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> you took him and Fran Fraschilla said he's two years away from being two years away or whatever his quote was which was hilarious and now five years
2: away from yeah me. so
0: what'd you see in somebody like him because he was so raw at that point yes but uh, you saw something
2: well you see we saw the shooting ability um, and then you see the length 7'7 seven, seven wingspan you see a young kid that's passionate about the game and um Sometimes I wonder if I should have left him longer, you know, like over there to develop a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. But I also wanted to see, you know, like, because um, sometimes they don't concentrate on weights. They don't concentrate on him getting stronger. And yeah. we've concentrated on that. And it's still been a long uh, process. Um, And then we didn't have the D-League team for a couple years. So when you're buried, you know, like before we purchased the D-League team, um it was difficult for him to play anywhere, you know, and you can shoot all you want and develop all you want if you're not playing games right, yeah, yeah it leaves you out there so um but it's a it's a work in progress it's it's young kids in the league and um you at some point um it has to get to a point where you say, you know what are you doing this or are you not are you do you have to move on from it and um He's close, you know, um, we, we, we think he's close, but, um, but it's, it's still a, it's still a process. He's, he's, he's gained the, he's, um, he's mastering a couple of things, sometimes off the court too, bringing kids from um, other parts of the world, you know, like there's, there's so much adjustment here that you don't yeah. know, if, yeah, language, um, um, culture, all those things, you know. Having uh, money. No? Having,
0: having money having yeah. girls in the hotel <laughs> lobby all that stuff <laughs> I'm sure. somebody instagramming you and you're not looking yeah you know, this, this that's why i'm so amazed by Giannis. Mm-hmm. you know i did that draft and it was it was almost like he was like this mythological draft pick we didn't we didn't we were watching the videos we don't know if the rims are 10 feet and You know, you know his background. It's like, wow, this is a real roll of the dice. But he's got these long hands. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk about how long he is, long Mm -hmm. hands. Mm -hmm. And but then you see what he's become over the last four years, Mm -hmm. and now it's like I feel like he's going to throw the draft totally out of whack Mm -hmm. because the 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 needle in the haystack pick where you end up with that now it's going to make it's going to incentivize everybody to look for that next version of that, you know, and I think. I don't know if we see that again. I think Giannis is—we, I mean, literally—he's the freak. I don't know if that ever happens again.
2: Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable how much uh, the world knows about the NBA. You know, like you'll be amazed. You know, yeah. like how much the we're just traveling in Africa, even in the summer, and um, I, I sometimes wish there was. Um, more facilities over there, you know, like because you see all these freaks, you see all these, you know, like long guys, tall guys, you know, like athletic looking, you know, like but uh, there's nowhere to play, you know, like and the,
0: and they don't have the sneakers, either. yeah, they that's don't the have they don't have the shoes, and, yeah,
2: and and um and that's why they are so great at soccer because you don't need any of those, you know, like it's right. just like how we started playing ball, we just go play, you know, like yeah. they they are playing ball here. Uh, and they just go play soccer without shoes. I did it, you know, like and we just go we right out of your mom's stomach, you know, like you're yeah, ready to play outside here, right outside your office. Guys would, yeah young kids would be playing soccer because there's uh, there's a, there's space. Um with basketball you need a rim, you need pavement, you need all that stuff, you know, like and and that's hard. So I think with social media you know like the NBA being everywhere and they've done an unbelievable job with it you know um there'll be there'll be a few here and there but it there's there's always going to be a couple like that here or there sneaking you know like like here or there it's, it's incredible you know like talent I, like that
0: We did the movie with uh, Ibaka when I was at Grandland Yes and uh and we did a podcast too and just that guy could have not been discovered in so many different ways. You know, it was almost like a fluke that he was discovered. It's just you, right person sees you at the right time of your life, and then all of a sudden your life's moving in a certain direction. But that easily could have not happened to him. Wow!
2: Well, you know? I was coaching. I was coaching the Nigerian uh, under eighteen team, and we play in a championship, and we play against the Bakas team uh, in South Africa. Um, I think two thousand and. I can't remember it's 2004 2000 2005 maybe and and Ibaka had 18 points and 20 rebounds in the in the semifinal game and and then I go to Nigeria a couple months few months later I go to Nigeria to do my uh, I'm scouting for the um, for the Nuggets at the time I go to Nigeria to do my camps and um, Ibaka is playing in like um, one of the African championships uh, club championships you know like I'm um, still I did not r- register that you know like this guy is like a, an an NBA player type yeah. thing you know what I mean like until he gets the opportunity to go to Spain and he go he go plays and and then all of a sudden you know like we're hearing about him a little bit more and then um and I take Brian uh, Colangelo to and we go watch him and um but It's one of those things, you know, like that I tell people, trust me, if I knew like a lot of all these African players we had, um, whether it's the Embiid or or the um, um, Pascal, all these guys were in basketball without borders. But at that time, you know, like they're still raw. They haven't gone through like maybe the college or European experience, you know, like are they... Are they good enough? You know, like, uh, can they do it? You know, um, and that's the tough thing when there's a lack of facilities over there.
0: So explain Basketball Without Borders in 20 seconds.
2: (laughs) Um, Well, the NBA does a remarkable job of um, bringing every year, um, host this camp in South Africa where they bring – NBA coaches, NBA players, and they select kids from all of uh, all over Africa, yeah, um, top kids, uh, and bring them to South Africa and, um, and, and coach. This has
0: been like the last ten years. I
2: started in two thousand and three.
0: Oh, so the last fourteen.
2: Yes, yeah, about fifteen years now, are going into fifteenth uh, fifteenth wow. year, and uh, it's incredible program. I think the NBA has built, and now they've introduced the NBA game. Yeah. Um, where they've played a couple games uh, it's it's been remarkable where they play the African players against uh, the boys it's, uh, it's almost like a, a mini all-star weekend in in Africa and yeah, sir, sir. yeah it turns out uh, plenty community um, um, events and community work that the NBA is doing all over the continent and a guy called Amadou fall who was a scout with um with the Dallas Mavericks now heads the NBA office in in Africa and they're, they're doing it's it's really growing you know like I'm I'm curious to see and now we've seen the last 10 years I'm curious to see what the next 10 years um, do we is need, going to be
0: yeah is there like is there potentially a Westbrook that comes out of this or <laughs> some sort of some sort of person becomes the face of. Oh yeah, that's he came out of that program, and then that pushes it another level, right?
2: Well, there are quite a few now, you know. Like uh, Embiid was part of uh, Basketball Without Borders. Oh, that's yes, yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, so keep he, on the court, though. Yeah, so he's a, he's a he's a he's a big one, Gogi Dang. There's been quite a few, you know. Like, but
0: you're right. Is that big one? You know, like Embiid that's, could, and Embiid he, could be it if he's healthy, yep. which. Unfortunately, the Embiid, if he's healthy, has become, uh, you know, that's what you have to say. He's played 35 games, but God, he's talented. You know, <laughs> I saw him work out before the draft. You did? I got invited to a workout before he got hurt. And where are in LA here? In LA, in Santa Monica. I wrote about it at the time because I was like, this guy has to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge workout guy, but it was, he was seven foot three and the way he moved. And it was like, oh my God. Like, this is. There's no way he's not the more pick, and then he got hurt. But um, I would I would like to see that team, him and Simmons and all those guys, stay healthy for a year just because, you know, we need good basketball players. They're a good team. The league is as talented as it's been, I think, since it's probably been 25 years. The league is in that. 90, 93, I think 93 range was the last time we've <laughs> had this much talent in the mm-hmm. league at the same time. It's crazy.
2: It's in a. It's, I think it's in a great place. Yeah, I think the league is in a in a really good place. I, like Simmons
0: I, comes in in Philly, he's, he's mm-hmm. averaging a triple double for the first four games. Basically, it's just sort are nuts. These kids are like nineteen and twenty.
2: Yeah, lots of good young kids uh, in the league uh, c- uh, coming up, and um, the stars ever, the stars are living up to it.
0: Did you ever? You haven't really lived a world yet where I've talked to Daryl Morey about this too. Your teams have always been competitive. You haven't lived a world where you're like, all right, we're throwing away a couple seasons and rebuilding and going through the lottery. Would that be fun for you? Or are you like competing too much?
2: Ah, uh, it's it's a it's a tough question because we live I uh, live in the world now where you're trying to win and you're trying to develop uh, young players as well, yeah. right? Yeah, and and it's 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 tough, uh, but. Um rebuilding, I think every organization is going to go through it at some point. You know, I, I don't know um, when that point will come. Darrell's um, like, da- we- da- da- we-
0: da- I've never had to rebuild. <laughs> I've, we've never had a high lottery pick. <laughs> He's a, he, he loves, but it's true. Well, yeah, so he also he made the harder trade, which I think helped him, but, um But yeah, it's tough to stay relevant and good for a long period of time yes with, with this cap
2: yeah it's 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 tough to maneuver and i i as i said i i, I think at some point every team you know like will go through that that phase you of kind of
0: went through it last summer didn't you 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 had basically two paths yes you could have doubled down on the team you had or you could have completely blown it up
2: and uh we chose to kind of um give our young guys a chance to be like our second unit and third unit right. and then going with our two two all stars and Sergi Ibaka and Jonas um, yeah. basically so um we felt like we had one of the strongest benches in 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 the NBA um obviously with Corey and Damari and um Patrick Patterson, PJ Tucker, those guys, you know, like um but um with with the cap now you have to when you when you a couple guys you know like you guys you have to figure it out you know right 99.5 uh-huh.
0: million or what is it <laughs> yeah. something like that it's yeah. not even 100 million Yep. and you're paying two two huge big ticket dudes it's funny like i was looking this week because eric bledsoe wanted to be traded and I, I immediately went on the trade machine for three hours trying to figure out the perfect eric bledsoe trade. did you get it done no no did not. <laughs> did not we're taping this on a tuesday afternoon i I ended up, st- I had like a Bucks, Bulls, Suns three-way trying to figure out, could the Bulls get Jabari Parker? and yeah. It's just tough because, and part of the reasons it's tough is people are either making a lot of money or not a lot of money. We It's turned into these guys in this price range of 14 to 25 million or like 4 million and under. And the middle class that used to be in these trades, there's not a lot of salary guys like that and there's not a lot of expiring contracts either. I don't know. What the reason for that is? I cannot find a partner for them. Um, uh, who knows? It, I think it's much harder to make trades than it's ever been.
2: Yeah, it is. It is hard. Uh, it generally, you know, like it's 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 really hard to make trades. Really,
0: really hard. When you, uh, well, God, you had the Carmelo trade? You were making it for five months with <laughs> the Denver <laughs> Knicks trade. <laughs> I think it was going on forever.
2: Uh, it took a long time. They are hard to make. You know, uh, they are. It's 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 a. Uh, both teams have to agree you know and and
0: and you got rich owners involved who never like losing anything
2: once once it once it uh once it line lines up you know it's it's uh then you have to go through all the 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 different processes of going to your ownership going to league going to everything you know like numbers have to work and
0: and it's uh, and it's Two fifty-two at the what is it three o'clock deadline? Yes, yeah. It's two fifty-two, and you're racing, and you're trying to get it and faxing stuff. And is it faxing now, or you do emails? You uh, do
2: emails now. Uh, emails, now. E- emails now on calls. What trade when did calls. you make?
0: You made the Tucker and the. Ibaka trades before that wasn't deadline day, was that? I? Can't remember. Um, or it was like T- the week of? I-
2: I- Ibaka was a, a week before, and yeah. and, and, and then uh, and Tucker was five minutes before.
0: Five minutes before? <laughs> yes. It's like eBay. <laughs> You're refreshing the thing.
2: Yeah. It, it's waiting. so. What
0: happens? You think there's a chance we have the Tucker trade? You're waiting on them. You're waiting, and then all of a sudden there's a flurry at the end. Like I, I've always been fascinated by
2: that. Well, we always use one language. Is we have. 10 deals on the board you know like even though you might have half a deal on the board you know yeah so how many people in the room uh I in that room i think um trade deadline i i have a small staff so i bring in everybody for i like the small staff because i want everybody to know and everybody to have input and that way it's not going everywhere you know so um. Uh, so my all my guys were there, and we keep talking about it and talking about it. Um. Till. Um. Till you decide, yes, you go with it, and you make the calls. And I had Jeff Weltman. Um, at at the time, and um, Jeff Weltman was going back and forth with. Um, with Phoenix. At the so time.
0: you tell one person. All right, you call the league, and you call Woj. You just just two guys outside? Or Woj is in the room. Or Woj is on Skype? Uh, Oh, Woj is everywhere. (laughs) Woj Woj is just listening. He's levitating above the room uh, in a hologram, Mm. omnipotent. Um, Do you think that the league should change anything about the trade restrictions, limitations? Could they make it more fun for teams to improve? Um, Is there one flaw in the system that you think they could fix?
2: Right now, at the top of my head, I'll say you know, like um, I, I think with with um, with everything new that has coming, you know, um, uh, new cap, everything, you know, like um, the new CBA, I think. Um, I think it's to let it be for a couple years and let it settle down, you know. Like, uh, and let um, people get used to it. Yeah, people get used to it first, you know. Like, and I think I think it'll be fine. Then you see, you kind of see what the adjustments are because I I think it's it's quick now to say you know like we should change this or change that. But um, Adam has done a great job. I think being open minded with 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 a lot of stuff. I think he's. He's been excellent with, um, um, with taking people's you know like opinions and suggestions and um, really like looking at them. But I think for now, you know, like it, uh, to let it be for now, let it settle a little bit. It will be, I, I think, my suggestion.
0: Yeah. What's the mindset of? All right, it's the trade deadline, but we're in the same conference with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Do we even do anything? lebron's made seven straight finals or at the last year it would have been six straight finals trying to make his seventh and you're looking at your team and you start talking yourself into it when you made those trades i talked myself into it i was like toronto's gonna hang with those guys
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it's like we just always underestimate lebron like do you look back like the summer and you're like oh man what was i thinking or do you think like oh no this could have happened like, how much soul searching goes on after that
2: um, I don't soul search. when I go into something, you know, like I've, I've gone into it, you know, like I, I don't look back at it and, and regret it or say, "Wow, man, I could have done this or done that," you know. Um, but when you're in sports, you know, like I, I don't know, you know, you just have this attitude. Honestly, Bill is like is is you're competitive. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, and your your players are competitive. You know, your your coaching staff, your organization is competitive. So. Um, he's there to be beat, you know. Like I'm not, I'm not. I, yeah, you respect the player, you know. Like, but our jobs was one of those teams. If not, go somewhere else. Go do something else. Right. You know, like that's that's how I see it. Our jobs is to beat them. You know, yeah. like our jobs is to figure out a way to beat them. So uh, I, I I look at it seven championships respect. You know, like I I told uh, seven, uh, seven final seven finals. Uh, seven row, seven yeah. finals I, I respect that. You know, like but. Honestly, like I don't look at it like, yeah, okay. Um, you you have to try and beat them, you know. Like that's why we're here. If not, go do somewhere else. Go play the piano or something, you know. Like I, the Celtics were
0: weird like that too because, especially after they traded Rondo, mm-hmm. it seemed my, like, you know, and they had already traded Pearson Garnett, and it was like, mm-hmm. all right, it's rebuilding time. Mm-hmm. But they never really totally, they were They were like, you know, if there's a trade that makes us better, we're still going to do it. And mm-hmm. that leads to Isaiah Thomas, which opens the door for a whole bunch of things. Then all of a sudden they're contending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think they were in the position of even if we make this monster February trade deadline, it's still not enough to beat LeBron. You guys were closer. Mm-hmm. But it is the LeBron shadow and then you have the Warriors shadow on the other side. My theory in this is People have have pretty much assumed, and now it's being written as fact that the Warriors threw the league into flux. I've talked about this on this podcast. I actually think the shorter contracts have thrown things into flux mm-hmm. more than anything. The fact that te- guys are becoming available in free agents in three or four years, or guys are doing these one or two year deals and they can keep opting out. Mm-hmm. That's like the fact that Durant went to Golden State in 2016. And basically did a one and one, you know, versus like signing for five years. And if he had signed for five years, they wouldn't have been able to pay Curry. And it seems like the contract flexibility has thrown the league into flux more than the Warriors has. What do you think?
2: Well, I think we live in a in a world of now, right? You know, yeah. like yeah, we really do. And, and um, I I agree with you um, in in a sense. But um, if we're doing this podcast four years ago or five years ago would be saying the same thing about the Miami Heat, right? You know, like, True. and that they're going to be here for the next 10 years, you know, like, um, um, we just live in that moment, you know, like, and, but, you know, um, things do change. So you change. think the words are going down. That's how I, <laughs> I interpret that. You I, I, think I, that I, they're done. I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh those guys are very much alive and they're very much they are very yeah, much, they are very, much basketball. They, are, they are very very good at basketball you know like no but um i i just don't uh, these things don't last forever you know like yeah. that's just the nature of our league you know like it's it's trans it's going everywhere you know and and um and you never know, you know, like sometimes you need, um, a little bit of luck, you know, like, uh, there, there is a little bit of, there's some luck to it, you know? Um,
0: I would say there's a lot of luck. Yeah, you can go through every season and 75% of the time, some injury probably swung what the season was. Yeah. It's, you know?
2: it's, 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 it's amazing. Last year,
0: maybe not as much. The Warriors mm. were the best team and mm-hmm. took care of business and all that, but for... You know, like this Hayward injury this year, my Celtics season in five minutes is in complete flux. Bless his heart. I don't know if they would have made the finals, but you know, uh, it's that has now opened the door for Cleveland to handle the regular season totally different. Unless you guys make a real run on them, or unless Milwaukee makes a real run, they might be able to say, "All right, we'll play LeBron sixty-three games and." just kind of geared toward those last two months. Who knows?
2: It's it's amazing, you know, like, and um, I think the Haywood, I think they're still very good, you know, but, um, but so. watching that game, you know, like that day, I can't imagine, you know, like the, the, I, if I felt as, as a, as a Celtic rival, you know, like, right? and, Yeah, if I felt the way I felt, you know, like, and um, screaming in, in my in my house and my and my wife comes down and she thought I had got bad news from because she was upstairs thought yeah. I got bad news from somewhere or something you know like and she's like what happened you know like and I said you can't even see you can't right. watch it you know and and yeah uh, you're shaking you know like honestly and it tells me a lot about the NBA too you know like the NBA is like. Uh, I don't know what other leagues are. It just doesn't seem like the NBA is one great big family. And what like r- yeah, we're rivals and we you know like we we don't like each other on the court and blah blah blah. But it all comes down to you know like players hang out, they love each other. You know like teams love each other. Everything you know like about the league, to me is. Um, Is what I want to be associated with just for my feeling that day, you know, like, because every day I think I want to beat the hell out of the Celtics, you know, Yeah. but the feeling I got that day was, it it was not a good feeling, you know, and I felt for the, I felt for the kid, I felt for the organization because you build so much, it can happen to any of us, you know, like, and for that kid, you know, like, wow, you know, like, and he'll come back stronger though. Yeah. He'll come back. Um, I've never,
0: I've been watching basketball my whole life. I've never seen somebody get injured like that on that play. I'll it tell was you like this. four things had to happen for that play to happen the way it did.
2: i tell you, there's a Nigerian kid that my guys were telling me about that had like the same injury in playing AAU yeah. and went on to play four years in in University of Miami basketball. Really? Yes. and And played one year football. And had wow. that, yeah, and kind of did, did almost the same thing. So I, he'll be back, you know. Yeah, like yeah. in this day and age, technology, everything, you know. Like you, you, you just wish him the best and wish them the best.
1: Do you,
0: you guys had an advantage a couple times with uh, being ahead of the game with technology and advanced metrics? Like Zach, when we were at Grantland, wrote that piece about how you're using the dots. That that <laughs> that whole. Uh, well, oh, that was before you got to Toronto. No, no, no were the, you the, at Toronto at that well, point?
2: Yeah, I think that the dots was when I was there. The when first you, piece, the first piece was the first piece he did on analytics in Toronto was right before I got there. No, what
0: was <laughs> the dots was with you though? Yes, the dots yeah, was me. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. Um, What's left? Are there new frontiers? I mean, you're not going to tell me, but are there frontiers that we haven't tapped into? It seems like psychology and health are the two places that these teams are now spending a lot of resources on. Once we, once we passed through that, we've figured out spacing on offense. We figured out exactly how to play defense. We figured out where the dots should move with these crazy computer programs. Now we're figuring out health and psychology. What is there anything left now? It's now, I guess it's like evaluating young prospects would be, the Great frontier. Well, you've tried small ball. What if we try like, uh, like playing
2: like like five seven seven guys, like Yao Ming, you know, like and they just throw it to each Which other?
0: Is so, <laughs> I guess that, yeah, that would work. Do we have five, five seven foot four guys?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Find them from somewhere and they can just inbound and just yeah. throw it to each other until the other the last one just dunks it in. I don't know, like what the next, first of all, um if i thought i had like an idea i wouldn't say it right now yeah i know here. you wouldn't yeah. but
0: i i do the people i've asked seem to feel like we're getting close to kind of exploring all the basic things so now whatever's next is something that
2: i love i love that my guys are always exploring you know like yeah. i i love that um, I have a team of uh, front office guys that th- there's always something new, you know. Like there's always <laughs> the dots or whatever it is, you know. Like it, there's, um, we have to we have to think that way and we have to try it. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, in this league, because um,
0: would you get rid of corner threes? Would you put? Would you make the three point line end like three feet before? The end of the court on each side, so nobody could just stand in the corner to spread the floor.
2: It'd be interesting to have a four-point shot.
0: It's funny. I'm with you on the four-point shot. Some people hate it. Mm. I remember I, when I did the Durant podcast. He was so upset that it was even an idea. Was like, That's <laughs> stupid. We might as well be like Rock and Jock at this point. But I, I, I think we're gonna hit a point where we have to think about the court size. And whether the court size needs to be maybe a foot wider on each side or something. I don't know. If, we're not here yet, but maybe mm-hmm. 10 years from now. If this Giannis type of athlete is going to keep these these guys from like six eight to 7 feet that are able to do all this stuff, the court might eventually become too small for them. Mm-hmm. You know, That's the only thing I can think happening. I don't think they'll ever raise the rim. That'll be stupid. I don't think they'll ever shorten the game. I think they might shorten the regular season at some point. Because it's the smart thing to do and they should have done it already. But it really should be like a seventy game regular season. Mm-hmm. I think they'll add the play in tournament with, you know, fourteen guaranteed playoff spots and then the other two up for grabs at the third. I think all that stuff will happen, but I, I can't imagine them.
2: What do you think that would do?
0: The the play in tournament? Yeah. So I've been this is now the ten year anniversary of when I first wrote the column about it. I think it does two things. It makes that April a little more interesting just in general for basketball fans because the reality is the playoffs, the top four seeds in each conference usually win. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the final four year after year after year, it's always a one seed, a two seed, a three seed. It's never like a seven or eight seed. Mm -hmm. I think it would add a little unpredictability in April, but I also think it would make it a lot harder to tank because if you're just shutting guys down for the reason for dubious reasons like oh yeah he's got some plantar fasciitis and but you actually had a chance to make the playoffs it's, it becomes less defensible and i also think of rewards teams that kind of come on late like denver and portland did that or denver did last year mm-hmm. um there's always that one team that kind of that makes one trade they do something but it's kind of too late to save the season i think that team should have a chance to at least try to get in there. Mm-hmm. Do you like it or you don't like it?
2: Uh, I've, I've toyed with it. In my in, in, in every all of us, you know, like play with all these, um, all these different ideas, you know. And um, some days I like it. Some days I just like the traditional, you know, yeah. like what the league is and what it has been, you know. And uh, but I understand, you know, like we. Um, we have to advance in some kind of way you know um but listen
0: I- single elimination games are just fun mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. even if it's you're talking a 29 win team versus a 40 win team trying to get the eight seed i'm still watching it mm-hmm. so if you use if you go from that prism it probably makes more sense What what about if you're the one seed in each conference best of seven round one you get five of the seven games at home
2: Five of the seven?
0: Yeah. You get something for being the one seed.
2: Wow. That's.
0: You're probably winning the series anyway because yeah, yeah. it's an
2: eight seed, but. Yeah, then then the eight seed has no chance at all.
0: Eight it seed has no chance. No chance. What if it was best of five first round? Four games at home. But the one seed gets four of the five at home. The eight seed only and gets then game three. Then there's no
2: even that, that that those chances. I even like there's no chance that, that the eight seed.
0: You, I miss the best of five though. I wish there was some way we could bring that back. I actually think best of five, one seed, eight seed, where the eight seed gets two games at home is too much of an advantage for the eight seed because mm-hmm. you've narrowed the probability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like anything, and I, when all of a sudden you're up two one, you have game four at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I the playoffs have become too predictable. You think? Yeah, I do. I do. I think the first two rounds are way less fun than they used to be. And especially now that we've seen teams stacked at the top, I do think we need something. You know? Like the Celtics-Wizards round two was really good.
2: Yeah. That, that was...
0: I don't really remember another round two series that stuck out. Your series against the Bucks was entertaining. Yeah. But that uh, was round one.
2: That was round one.
0: But um, I don't know. It just feels like we could do a little more. You seem like you're on the fence. I,
2: I I get what you're saying. You know, I I think the more competitive we see the league, the better. You know, like um, yeah. I, I I I think um, I think it evens up. You know, and we we operate in with our mindset of now, now, now. You know, like and and it'll even out a little bit. You know, it's it's what you're a
0: patient I, man. I try to be. That's why the Melo trade took five months. How many months did the metal trade take? About about five months. (laughs) Owners were involved. That was your first big deal, right? Yes. So in eight years, you go from you're an unpaid scout to you get a job. Orlando, Orlando. When did you go to Denver? What year?
2: Uh, so I, I, I was only in Orlando one year. So I went in 2003. Oh, was, 2003
0: to Denver. That's to, right. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. So I was, in, so I you was there, there.
0: You kind of rise up the ladder.
2: Yes. I was there four years. Um, got promoted a couple times by Kiki and, and Jeff. And then Kiki um, left. Um, and, and so I worked on the Mark Walker team uh, for, for a couple years um and then uh went to work for Brian Colangelo as assistant GM in, in Toronto. Yeah. And then um um I was fortunate crazy crazy uh um and you get brought back. I got brought back to to Denver. Um uh, and um
0: at what point what at what point of that 8 year journey do you think you actually have a chance to be a GM?
2: You know, I i was brian colangelo's assistant g m and in the last year this is this is unbelievable in the last year i was really i really wanted to go to africa to 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 work in that at the m b a office you know like i really mean, yeah i you re- ready to leave i was had spoken to adam spoken to I, I, it was it was one of those where i was i i really really wanted to go and adam called me in and said you know you you'll be able to do that you know like at you know like a later time in your life you know like and 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 then I mean like he was the deputy commissioner we have been friends for a long time you know and he's been the great friend and he said um um just wait you know like yeah you have you 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 have a chance in in this league you know and and uh, I talked to a couple of people and I, I, I decided to stay. And um, wow. a month later, a month later, um, I, I get I get the call to come on interview um, for for the job in Denver.
0: We we I taped a pod with Daryl this summer that we haven't even run yet. That's about basically like the history of Daryl's life, mm-hmm. and how he got to where he goes. Because the, there's so many people who have gotten a GM job or a high ranking MBA job that mm-hmm. just kind of never imagined that's where their life was going to go. Yeah. And we were talking about in 2006, the all-star game was in Houston and he was, you know, he was working for Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. and I was like, you're going to get a GM job. And he's like, are you crazy? There's no way. And I'm like, it's going to happen The All the all the Moneyball analytics stuff is starting to come into the NBA. And one of these guys is going to look at you and say, I'm hiring an analytics guy. Mm-hmm. He's my GM. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no way. And like two months later, the Houston thing happened. And then all of a sudden it was like analytics, mm-hmm. but he was, he was always like, you were the only one who thought, <laughs> and I was like, it was going to happen. It was analytics. Like you knew, especially with the owners that drift in. Now the NBA has like so many smart, you know, forward thinking, a lot of guys made money in tech or new media or mm-hmm. all these different weird new, whereas the NFL has like the old money, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. family money, mm-hmm. oil money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just have it that way. The NBA is always kind of thinking, moving ahead. And the league's more competitive than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Even the bad teams now are kind of doing the right things for the most part.
2: Well, yeah, you're right. They are, I, I, I I go to um, – um, I'm an alternate governor, so I go to those board of governors meetings. And, um, man, those guys are – they're forward thinkers, you know. Like they're. There's a lot of
0: egos in those uh, room too. I, I, me, I,
2: I just, I just know that you know, like they're they're they they're competitive, you know, and and um, and they're forward thinkers, you know, like and um, it's it's unique to see like the group because they think, you know, like they think for the league, you know, like yeah. for the most part, which is good, and it's it's. I think it says a lot about. Adams leadership too you know like and where the league has okay. come obviously David brought this up but um man you know like it's it's real like forward thinkers and you hear all the ideas and what people are saying you know like and it's 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 amazing to see you know like where they see the league and where the league you know like can be you know um 5 years from now or 10 years from now
0: it's it's a good combination of security cuz they made Anybody who's invested in an NBA team at this point either knows that they've made a ton of money on the investment already or they're going to or they've at least, like, a little above even. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's good. So you don't have to totally make decisions just for, oh, let's grab some money. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the NBA does that. I actually think they put thoughts into a big picture, a little more of a strategy. But then you think about how marketable all the players are, which is just the biggest advantage they have. And then you think about the streaming and the fact that all these different countries now are starting to watch NBA games, which 10 years ago was inconceivable.
2: Well, we can watch the NBA players. A lot of the people don't think we can watch the NBA players on a screen and they can be this close and we can see your face. Nice nice
0: HDTV. Yes, you can
2: see your face, you know, like even on your phone, you know, like you can see all these stars and all these players and all these teams, you know, like, and um with other sports it's you know like face with masks or you know like a, so it's to me identifying um with the mba just traveling around the world man the the mba is like this it's yeah it, it's trying it's it's going somewhere you know like unbelievable in my opinion and i'm
0: biased because i'm in it but I'm um biased yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i but see it's also true yeah I mean, you can see it happening you can see it you can look at whatever factor you want to look at the ratings. You can look at the players' social media accounts. Yes, it, or the fact that it's a twelve-month-a-year sport. I mean, you can you don't probably have a week off now in the NBA. It's every it, week something's happening. No, right?
2: it's uh, every you day. You're afraid to go in, away in, on vacation uh, for 10, <laughs> ten days. Every day something is happening. You know, like and I spend the whole month of August, you know, in 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 Africa doing uh, my camps with Giants of Africa, and I don't, I, I really. Um, you are you are totally engaged all the time. Yeah. You know, like uh, um, whether it's your team, you know, like whether it's your players, whether it's um your organization. In in many ways, you know, like you're 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 completely engaged, and it's
0: so naturally the move is to stretch the schedule out and make it longer. Because- <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get rid of the offseason altogether. Yeah. Although I will say, I loved having the NBA start earlier. I liked. It was always weird when it was like right around Halloween and the mm-hmm. World Series is going on and football and then like basketball is thrown in. Mm-hmm. It felt like much more organic this time. I think I, I thought I liked
2: so, it. I thought so too. Yeah, I, re- I, I really, I really liked it. Because, but um, shortening the preseason too, I think, was was, yeah. Yeah, was was very good. Although we did
0: see some teams that maybe weren't in the greatest shape yet, which is the one, the one thing I've noticed. Yeah. There's definitely some players who are playing themselves into it. Quick break to talk about MyBookie. From a gambling standpoint, we're going to remember the 2010s is the decade when live betting took off. Where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Here's an idea. Go to MyBookie.ag. They've been in the business for years. Their reputation rocks solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. They have the fastest payouts. Just two business days. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on-the-go breeze. In-game live betting, lay down some cash, try to win big today. NFL, NFL starting to make sense. Could be time. Join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a one hundred percent bonus. Wow! Visit mybookie.ag, use the promo code Bill Simmons to activate the offer. Once again, mybookie.ag, use promo code Bill Simmons. My name, not a hard one to forget. To activate the offer, you play, you win, you get paid. Back to Masai, you Jerry. Toronto fans Mm -hmm. pretty tortured fan base Maple Leafs um, the Raps Blue Jays they won in 93 Mm -hmm. Um, they have adopted the Raptors in ways that I never imagined I always felt like it's a hockey town you know but it really seems like it's a genuine basketball town Um, what kind of pressure do you feel because you guys have come close you've had some cup of coffees you made the Eastern Conference finals you weren't able to get over the hump. Are you feeling the fans? Are they starting to get a little restless? What's their attitude?
2: Uh, no, you know, it's one of the things we wanted to do. You want to build, um, I think, your fans not just for now, but for the future, for the program. Yeah. You know, like I think that's what you want to do. And I think we the North did that. You know, like it, it's built, it's built something that stays. You know, like and whatever stage we are in, as long as um, you're kind of. Um, I don't know if transparent is the word, but they know, you know, like what the what the plan is. Fans are fantastic. Yeah. it's it's, it's, it's get fans. Yeah, we, they're they're great, and um, but it 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 happens for all the teams, and I think it's coming around with that city. I think the soccer team had the best record. They're almost the Golden State, yeah. you know, like of 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 the. Um, MLS uh, of the the MLS you know like it's 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 incredible and um, now um, the the hockey team has a couple of star players you know star young players the lottery finally worked out for them yeah Yeah. it's 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 coming up so but the fans uh, it's it's crazy in that city there's enough for all the teams you know like um and and packed you know like went to a soccer game the other day and it's like jam-packed the atmosphere is crazy our games are the same way the hockey games, you know, so, um, but it's, it's, it's gaining their trust, you know, like a little bit in, 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 in Toronto and Canada as a whole, we, we have a unique opportunity, you know, like in that yeah. country to be, uh, it's really one, it. yeah, it's one team, one country. Vancouver you know? should have a team though. They yeah. really messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> Stern
0: admits it. I mean, I, I think that's like probably his biggest regret is not, I think he said that on my podcast once. Yeah, he did. It's a great that, city. That age, it was a great city that should have had a team. Yeah. And I know, like, for people who work in the league and the announcers and even the players, like, that mm-hmm. Seattle, Vancouver part of the Pacific Northwest trip was mm-hmm. like one of their favorite mm-hmm. trips, which mm-hmm. makes me think, like, if they ever went to 32 teams, which I feel like we have enough talent now that they could pull it off. I never felt that way until the last couple of years. But. If they added two more teams, those would be. I would vote for the Pacific Northwest. Do you think they could carry a 32-team league at this point? You know, I don't is there enough I, players.
2: Uh, it's close. You know, like my we definitely have
0: hum- almost enough superstars. Yeah, there my for-
2: hu- my humble opinion is it's it's it, it's close. But when you look at, we go to that area you know, like almost every year in, in Vancouver and um, we try to play around Canada and it's unbelievable, you know, like yeah. a, the basketball fever, you know, like around the country but uh, especially in that area, we feel in a preseason game, you know, like we almost, we, we have fans outside, you know, like doing what we do in Toronto, almost yeah. in Vancouver, you know. like so you have in- a
0: Canadian monopoly basically, you don't want any more Canadian teams. <laughs> <laughs> you want off for, Canada.
2: Yeah, for now, for now, we like being Canadian Canada's team and being a global team you know I think does all
0: Canada hate LeBron James because of what he's done to Toronto uh <laughs> <laughs> is he the least favorite basketball player in Canada uh I, I, I
2: they don't, don't care c- Canadians I, are too nice yeah well I I don't know you know like they just want to win you yeah. know like I I don't know that they they, they, care, want to go they, to ca- they care about it that way you know like but it's it's they they're great fans, you know, like, and they want to win, you know, like, which which is understandable.
0: True or false, NBA players are afraid to actually play in Canada because they don't understand the money system and different culture, all that stuff, or do you think that's flipped a little?
2: Here's what I'll say. Uh, we'll one, one day, somebody's going to figure it out, you know, like somebody's going to figure that place out because I think in Toronto... You have a platform to face the world. You can face Canada, you can face the US and the 29 teams, and you have an unbelievable global platform, you know, like that nobody else will have. There's something unique about that place. Look at Vince Carter, you know, like it's an, yeah, I think it's an example of, you know, like explosion of an athlete, you know, like that. Really like captivated basically the whole world from that from that place you know like you go all over the world a player like that yeah um uh, is known but by-
0: this is a good infomercial to sign with the rappers down the road <laughs> I think you're doing a good job here uh,
2: I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think there's something that there's something that hasn't been I, I don't know if I'll be the one to figure you know like but but I'm saying there's Bruno. So, there's something there <laughs> you know like that that that's um, that's that's completely like unique, you know, like um uh Damar and Kyle have figured it out a little bit, you know, like and um, you know, who loved the, it
0: there. Uh-huh. My buddy Jalen.
2: He, he did. He loved <laughs> Eita. Yeah. He's
0: like he's like, I don't understand why anybody doesn't think that's one of the best places for an NBA player to play. He had, like, the best time there. Yeah. I think he might have had too good of a time.
2: Yeah, it's a good, yeah. great city. Unbelievable city. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't know if
0: you're aware, but there's a lot of attractive women in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> All different types of cultures. <laughs> and there's a lot of bars and restaurants and things that stay open late. It's a very fun place to play. Well, well, I and know. as Jalen said, when you're using Canadian money, you don't know how much money it is. <laughs> so you, think, you feel like you have more money than you actually... Have or it's different, and you, I don't know. He is this whole Canadian. Have there. you been to Toronto? I've never been to Toronto somehow.
2: No, you have I never. Been to, be- I love
0: Montreal. I don't know if that's sacrilegious to say that. To
2: you've me. never been to Toronto? I'm due. I'm due.
0: You've, waiting, nev- w-
2: you've never really been to Toronto. I
0: kept waiting for you guys to make the finals. When you made the finals, I was going to go.
2: Man, you have no rights to comment about Toronto. Like, until, <laughs> you come, until you come to Toronto and you feel it and you see it. Yeah, you, right, you got to come. come.
0: Maybe I'll do it this season.
2: You have to. You have to. That's one of
0: the best cities in the world. Did you know that? No, I'm fully aware. Yeah, there it was is. Something- I'm not
2: I'm not I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just telling you it's one of the regardless of sports even, that's one
0: of the best cities in the world. So that's why you've you've had overtures you never wanted to leave. You love Toronto?
2: Toronto is phenomenal. I have I I'm blessed. Yeah. I have unbelievable ownership. I have unbelievable job. I'm blessed to look at the journey, the story, you know, like, um, for me, uh, there's, it's given me a unique opportunity, you know, um, and I, I can't, I can't complain at all, you know, like, who are, who am I, you know, like I, I have to pass it on somewhere, somehow we have to pass it on and we have to win. Like there's nothing in sports bill. You have to win in sports. <laughs> there's no, no other way. There's no other way. You must win.
0: How many people report to you now?
2: Uh, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. How many,
0: pe- how many people work for you? Twenty,
2: thirty. Uh, now maybe close to fifty. Fifty. Yeah.
0: What's your best management advice? Best management. Yeah, this is a good question. You never got this question before. I know. I, know. I never. I never got this one before. Something. You
2: just put me on this spot. Well, I have a lot
0: of people that work for me. I'm always interested to see what other people.
2: Best management advice man
0: okay i got it i knew you'd get it yeah
2: uh be more passionate than ambitious
0: wow see that
1: Oh,
0: (laughs) tommy's excited Mm -hmm. tommy was worried for a second uh (laughs) be more passionate than ambitious is great i like that i would say also um trust the people in your inner circle
2: yes It's a big one. You
0: cannot win if your inner circle isn't empowered and good at what they do, and you hire them, and it's your job to stick up for them and make sure they do well.
2: Can I say another one, Bill? Which is, I I think, is very underrated. You know, and I, I don't know, um, hire women. Yeah, and I'm not just saying it. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not really like they. There's something about them that brings us uh to a level that um where we think better you know like uh, i i I really do where our egos start to get uh, you know like in crazy places if you hire the right i have a couple that work for me and they're really really good brutally honest very good very level-headed you know like uh, yeah and they they just have a good way you know like of of Putting things in 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 perspective, so I would
0: say, like even the, the one thing I've learned from Grantland Hair is like uh, diversity of who's around. Oh, uh,
2: diversity is big, and not just
0: yeah. like what people look like yes and male or female stuff like that but like backgrounds
2: backgrounds you yeah. unique backgrounds you, you know like where, where do you wherever? come from and what did you learn and yeah, exactly what are you
0: bring to the table that i'm not getting from this person this person this no
2: person? I, it's so it's so important but the one you said you know like in trusting the people that you 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 work with you know like um everyone well, thing
0: I, one one way i know that you have a good team is your shit doesn't leak we, Your stuff doesn't get out when the Raptors are, like, sniffing around on somebody. I'm not I'm not reading about it immediately on three places. You well, know, you have a very...
2: We although try. I'm sure, like,
0: these days, you're probably terrified all the time that anything you're talking about is going to get out at all times because of the way Twitter and hearing this and hearing that blah, 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 blah. blah and you're just like, where would that come from? Wait a second.
2: Can I tell you this story, Wayne? We yeah. went to scout uh Warring uh, Madrid or somewhere and um, I, I remember it's myself, Weltman and uh Bobby Bobby Webster. Uh, and um, it's I think trade deadline might be coming, uh, coming close or something. Or and I, I like to take the staff, you know, like on those kind of trips because you yeah, are just together and you just yeah. keep talking and talking. So I will go with like three guys, four guys, and we at this dinner table and we're talking and talking. And this this guy is sitting down next next to us and um, it looks like he's waiting for somebody, you know, like and by the time we finish, you know, like nobody comes, you know, like and he eats his food. We get up to go, you know, like and, you get, and I put my jacket on and he goes uh, um Hi, Mr. Jujiri, you're doing a great job in Toronto. And I, I swear I don't know what we could have been talking about there. You know, like yeah with your inner circle, you're talking yeah, and yeah, you are yeah. discussing and all of that, you know, like and then Somebody just, just right next to you, you know, like comes and says, Hey, you know, like um you're doing a great job <laughs> And I'm like You're like, Oh my I, god I, I looked at Jeff and Bobby <laughs> and then I'm like, What the hell did I say? And I'm trying to like rewind, you know, like all the things that we talked about, you know, like but um yeah, it's a it's a it's a different world, you know, like but as long as By the as way, t-
0: that's that's happened to me a few times. You can <laughs> kinda tell though. Mm-hmm. You probably weren't looking for it, but you mm. can kind of tell when somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. I've had dinners in close quarters where mm-hmm. talk about like ESPN stuff or whatever, and mm-hmm. I could see somebody kind of eating, you know, like you could see them leaning Do, toward yeah. you. They're like, all right, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> we have a spy. <laughs> I had dinner once when I was with uh, two of my good friends, and I was joking about... It was right when I didn't know whether uh, I was going to come back to ESPN or not, and I was joking about... I Should just go back to Boston and do local radio and I'd be and somehow somebody overheard it at another table and then it became a blog post story the next day. Wow, Simmons talking about going back to Boston. <laughs> like, I was drunk with my friends having dinner talking about like going back and being on the freaking drive time show. Uh, but that you never know, you never know who's listening. You, and who's you, day ne- and age. you
2: never know, never know. I, I listened to your podcast with uh, with Bob Costas by oh, the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he was, was great. That was he's yeah he is great I got I, I had breakfast with him and Jeff Weltman and you guys were talking about Jeff Weltman's oh, yeah, yeah, mom yeah, yeah. actually right. you know like I, I was trying That's to count right. yeah I was yeah. trying to count how many people in the in the, when I was listening to it that I actually like know <laughs> you know like and the ones that I don't know you know like but it was really interesting and then there was Jeff's mom and Bob Costas and Ahmad Rashad and um, and all these guys, and it tells you about the basketball dog, you know. Like it just tells you about the the basketball family. It's crazy how it all comes around, you know. You got to be good to people, Bill. It's yeah. good. You, you I think it's important in our in life generally, you know. Like because it 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 seems like in our league, I think it comes it comes around, you know. Like it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool league.
0: Messiah, I wish you the best of luck on the Raptors, except when you play the Celtics, and uh, <laughs> tell Jonas to calm down against us. <laughs> he can still have a good. He doesn't have to destroy us. He can have like a half decent game. He doesn't. Uh, Although we have new guys to throw at him this year, I'll, I'll pass we have Aaron Baines.
2: I'll, I'll pass on the message to Jonas. I'll text tell, him. Tell text Jonas him.
0: Aaron Baines isn't going to let him shove the Celtics around like he usually does. And we can't. We've never been able to guard the Rose, I don't know. We have, I mean, we have basically only have four guys from last year, but the Rosen's always done whatever he wanted.
2: I'm not going to sympathize with you in any way, DeRozan's you know. Like, good at basketball. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> thanks Thank, so much for having for me. On. Thanks for coming Thanks for having me. This was awesome.
0: That's it. Thanks so much to Masai. Thanks to Chris Ryan. Thanks to SeatGeek. Don't forget, go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. NBA Palooza is the code. Thirty dollars off NBA tickets, first time you use SeatGeek to buy. NBA tickets. Thanks to Sonos for epic sound you can feel from a speaker you'll hardly notice. You need Playbase from Sonos. Playbase adds pul- pulse-pounding sound to whatever's playing for movies and sports to TV, gaming, music. You don't even need to read the manual. The Sonos app guides you through every step of the setup. One power code and then one optical cord all it takes. Everything sounds better on Playbase. See for yourself at Sonos.com where right now you can get up to 10%. You can get 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. All you have to do is use promo code Simmons10. Simmons10. That's it. We have one more BS podcast coming up on Friday. Don't forget about Cousin Sal, the one we did on Monday. Don't forget about Jack Al on Tuesday if you missed those. That's it for the BS podcast. Don't forget about my column on Friday. That's coming too. Enjoy the rest of the week. I
1: see so...